Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Starting out like a... Starting out with a bang. There we are. Hey, awesome. I've got you. Let me... uh, me... Well, I don't know how well you're going to get me with this number because it doesn't work very well here. That's why I'm trying to use the other phone. Um, So it may cut out on you. So hopefully you can hear me okay. Well, no, you're good. You're good. You sound sound excellent. So let me... sound uh, what? You sound excellent. Okay, awesome. Well, we'll try it. So uh, let me see here. I might be able to get... Mr. Eric, maybe. <laughs> I'm calling him. We'll see what happens there. We're merging all this technology, and who knows? What's happening, Jiggy? How you doing? There buddy? we go. Okay, I think I've got all three of you. This is awesome. Hey, awesome. there you go. Okay. Eric, how you doing? Good. How's it going, Craig? Doing well, doing well. Can't complain. So, uh, so... I, I, I guess I guess we'll start with our guest. Go go ahead and introduce yourselves to to the audience, my friend, so we uh, so we know who who me and Mister Fitness Two here are chatting with. Well, sure. Uh, my name's Craig Keesman. Um, I'm a wrestler out of Kansas City area, and I wrestle as Niles Plunk or Plunke, as he would call it. <laughs> and, uh, I believe we're going to be talking a little bit about. Um, viral pro wrestling which is uh, I guess a pseudo new promotion that I started up in the midst of all this quarantine so yes I, I, I want to talk about this uh, th- this this is a, a concept that uh, I when when fitness was explaining this to me uh, go ahead and explain this to, to the audience tell us a little about what, what, what you've got going up there well, sure. Um, well, essentially, um, I own a business, and part of my business, I own a winery, and part of my winery is I have a lot of warehouse space, and I've had a ring set up for the past two years that I train people in and whatnot. It has always been a goal or a, you know, a, a plan to turn that into a studio to run little spot shows or to do a TV show or something on. Well, rewinding, I don't know, about a month ago when... Um, all this started happening. Everybody started canceling shows and went from having a, a full plate of wrestling to having no matches, just like every independent wrestler. Yeah. So, um, started in anybody in the entertainment industry in general. Um, and so we, uh, I decided to, uh, go ahead and push forward with turning this thing into a studio and got with some people and, uh, we had our first filming last week and we're going to do another one tomorrow and hopefully uh, if we can get support from you know the wrestling fans and keep it funded uh, we'll continue on as long as we can um, you know legally and whatnot as well so we're trying to be respectful for all the 
um, mandates that are set in. We don't have more than um, 10 people in the, in the studio at a time and, you know, trying to limit as many people as we can to just get it down to the bare minimum. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, I guess um, the the question I've got is what makes your concept a little bit different than, than what uh, people are used to in Kansas wrestling? Well, I mean, so the big deal or the biggest difference is, is there's not, there's not any fan. You know, yeah. obviously we're a, set, a close set. Yeah. So um, we don't have the fans there. Um we don't have kind of that electric atmosphere that you get from having a live event, but that's okay. Cause sometimes that doesn't translate as well on TV anyways. Um, so what we have also is without fans coming to the show, we don't have, um, a way to fund the tickets. I mean, that's how most shows are funded by the ticket sales. So the, the wrestlers, the workers are paid, the staff's paid by, uh, the tickets sold to the event and whatnot. We don't have that. So uh, what we're doing with Viral Pro is kind of different in that we are putting the episodes up on a Patreon account. Wow. There's different tiers that you can uh, purchase and to watch each episode. So it's pretty much like a pay-per-view to watch the episodes. And um, what we're doing with the funds of that, whatever we make off the the Patreon account, we uh, divide amongst the, everyone who participated in that particular uh, episode. So the potential could be, you know, if we have a hundred people that purchase that, we split that um, between, you know, we had eight people that were on the first episode complete. So we would split that eight ways to make sure everybody had their fair share for oh, wow. their time out. So that's, that's where it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more of an investment on the wrestler's part. Um, but a lot of us don't necessarily make a lot of money doing this anyways on, on an independent scene. So um, the, the good part as a wrestler is, is you have a chance to make some extra money doing that. And then you also have some footage and um, you can kind of keep the ring rust off while all this is going on so and you're uh you're gonna air tomorrow night right is that is that from what you taped uh previously so to, is tomorrow night your first first airing yes tomorrow night the uh, first episode will, will drop i uh i got a chance to watch it last night it's fully it's ready to go uh it looks great uh the commentary is really good lot those guys at Journey Pro, Ben Miller, um, Josh Leonard, those guys did a great job helping out with it just to try and keep something going on the scene. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's, it's going to be really, it's really special. We have, a, we have a unique mix of talent that we use. Um, a lot of it's based on who's available and who wants to get out and who wants to do it. And, you know, I understand it's a very um, controversial can be very controversial to do so i appreciate anybody that takes the time to do it i mean we normally wrestle uh, putting our lives on the line in general and putting ourselves at great risk so um we're asking a little bit more doing this but 
Uh, I think the end result, when people see it and they see it's, it's just a lot more of a fun. It's definitely a family show, and we're having a lot more fun with it than we would with the stress and the kind of the um, normal, you know, routines that we do at a normal, you know, event or show. Well, I think the the concept of it being a closed set and you've got the 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 revenue share part of it and and all that I I that that is fantastic. Yeah, I think it's something that um, you know hopefully we'll see and uh, you know back in back in the day the old days I mean obviously the the old timers got paid to come do their work. But they also um, got paid more, or they got incentives if the house was good. If they proved to be a good draw, they proved to be able to get more people with their name or their abilities, then they usually got bonuses and things like that. And you don't see that a lot in wrestling now. Um, Everyone's kind of stuck, and this is what we said we were going to wrestle for. This is what we're going to get. And regardless if they, they sell out standing room only or not, you usually get about the same amount. And this is kind of a little bit more of that old school incentive where, you know, the, the amount you get paid is kind of based on how well we can actually promote this thing and draw it. So, so yeah, and you're going to go uh, ahead. We're, we're, uh, and we're, where can folks check this out tomorrow? Where's the link to your, your Patreon and, and all that good stuff so people can, can hopefully come out and support you guys and, and make this thing big? Absolutely. So um, it's on Patreon.com and it's under Viral Pro. Uh, I think it's uh, like Patreon slash Viral Pro. You can also follow our. All we have right now up is a Facebook page. We're working on getting like the Twitter, Instagram, the other social medias up. We'll have those up hopefully by next week, as well as the web- website. Um, that is uh, the Facebook is at Viral Pro Ent Viral Pro Entertainment. So it's Viral Pro Ent. Or just type in Viral Pro, and you'll find links to all the uh, Patreon accounts. And we also have uh, a teaser on there. And then we're going to do a little special treat tonight. We're going to release one of the matches from the show. We did six matches on the first episode, so one of those uh, we're going to release as a freebie tonight. So people can kind of see what it is, kind of get a little sample of what they uh, will be purchasing with the Patreon account. And again, um, you know, with the lack of live events and the lack of wrestlers um, working right now, this is a a great way to kind of help a lot of those guys out that are coming in and uh, support your, your local, your favorite wrestlers that way as well. So when when you went out and recruited some of the, uh, because obviously you're, you're, you're going to need talent for the show. Uh, sure. How did you explain this concept with them? Because, I, you know, it, it being and fitness, and, and you could back me up on this too, uh, you guys get emails and, and phone calls from every yahoo who wants to book a high school gym. Uh, <laughs> uh, when, when, when you explain this concept to, to guys, obviously the guys you're talking to, they they know you, but uh, did did you have to sell it to anybody, or was everybody going, hey, this is a cool concept, I'm in? Well, I think generally with wrestlers, you know, as a norm is if you just say, hey, I got a show, and especially with someone like me that's been doing this for a long time, I don't run a lot of shows, so 
when I do run something, people want to be part of it because it's, you know, they know I'm going to not do it halfway. I'm yeah. going to go ahead and put everything into it. So, um, yeah, the response says is, a lot. You, well, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the response has been really, really good with a lot of the wrestlers. I mean, obviously, again, and, I, and the biggest thing I want to stress to anybody is that, you know, don't feel like you're obligated to have to come do this. If you, you know, if you've talked to me about it, you want to do it, and then you you change your mind because of what's going on out there, I understand. You know, just give me a heads up more than a couple of days before. <laughs> but, um, which is, this is the problem we had the first episode is that people canceling the night before or the day of. And that, uh, you know, that, that can't happen with any show. So, yeah. um, so I, you know, it's just one of those things where um, I'm going to be very open to people. We also have, um, once we get our website up and we get, more of the talent, the people that are interested. I mean, obviously, I've had a lot of people reach out to me, and I can't book everybody on every show, especially since we're trying to keep it as low numbers just for um, you know the whole uh, pandemic situation. We don't want to yeah. go over ten people at, at a time. Um, I'll eventually try and get everyone there. We will have an option um, for some of the upcoming uh, episodes where a fan can actually uh, purchase uh, a booking tier on Patreon and they can pick the match they want to see off of uh, our that's roster awesome. page. So that's kind of one incentive I have for a lot of the wrestlers that, um, you know, because you always hear, in, in Eric, you hear this, a lot to the wrestlers that say that you know they're such a big draw and they're such a big name and they should be booked was a chance for them to really you know show that they are a draw by having people actually pay to have them come in and do it so yeah. oh yeah absolutely uh, and yeah. then you know like again this is this is a collective from everybody so everyone that's on the show is promoting the show trying to get um the patreon uh, episodes sold so that they can make you know their cut of it as well so the more people that know about it the more people that share it the better off everyone is at the end with it well and, and you motivate uh, you motivate the, these these guys that are on the show to actually go out and hustle because the more they hustle the more they're going to get paid <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I hear right now from, um, and the biggest thing everyone has, it's not just wrestlers, everything is, uh, everyone's trying to figure out what to do, being stuck inside all day, you know, and, uh, or not being able to go do a lot of things. So if you are, you know, if one of these wrestlers come in and put in a couple hours to do a couple matches and now they're on a couple episodes, now they have literally all day they can they can promote they can try and push it and all that um you know that stuff as well and you know the benefit to me as a wrestler if i was um on the opposite spectrum if i wasn't the one you know promoting it i guess is that i would be really interested to have some um professionally you know edited material uh, under my portfolio so i'd have some you know even if it's a, a no audience thing it's still a match that's filmed exclusively i can get a good match i can have it to get to other promoters i can you know we take pictures we got moving stills and things like that too that we're doing so there's a lot of uh, media stuff that would benefit 
from all these guys just coming in and doing one episode. And that's what we're hoping to do is, you know, oh, yeah. bringing in. And I think that adds to not only just the uh, not only just the money, but it it I think. You know, deep down, you know, everybody at the end of the day really wants to be a part of a, a good product and a product that people can can share out there and 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 be proud that they were a part of it. And it sounds like this is definitely that with the you know the professional editing and everything else uh, compared to a lot of other things that are you know going on in indie wrestling. So you know, in addition to the the benefit, the hustling out and, and getting the you know the the financial benefit, I think just being a part of a good a good looking product with good wrestlers is, is really at the end of the yeah. day what everybody uh, in the business really wants to do and uh, there's not there's not a single one of us that hasn't you know been at a dozen a uh, hundred shows or more that you kind of wonder at the end of the day sometimes like ah shit what am I even doing here today <laughs> you know there's ten people in the armory yep. and there's yep. you know this and that so I think I think just having this this good product uh, with good people behind it you know your reputation is is great in, in the in, you know in the business in general and I think I think that says a lot and I think will drive a lot of people to want to be a part of this product and and definitely push it out there so oh yeah people can see it and see their work for sure so. Um, this is the kind of thing that that people, um, a lot of people in the Indies will spend their entire lives, you know, never being a part of something uh, with this this potential and this quality behind it. So I, th- I think you're doing a really great thing for, um, you know, for for the fans to put a smile on their face, but also for the wrestlers that that want to step up and be a part of something that looks looks good in front of the fans and they can be proud of that they were took, you know, uh, had their two cents in it. Yeah, and, and you know the the whole thing with Viral Pro is, and even after, and hopefully, when this is over here in a few weeks, this pandemic and and the quarantine and the stay at home, um, hopefully we'll have something that we have some momentum that can continue this on in some form. Um, I, you know, I, again, we spent the last couple of weeks building kind of this set, uh, the studio. So I plan on using it. Um, you know here on out uh you know we, who knows maybe this might be just one of those little niche things we do it might be kind of a, a more of a fans pick the match type thing a little bit more interactive from the fans um side of things on the opposite side not being at the show but from uh you know their their computers or from at home they can kind of help pick how the show goes so um, there's just a lot of possibilities and potential that we could have from this, uh, which I'm really excited about. And, you know, I haven't even really gotten into that because we're still in the, the stepping off modes of it. So, Right. Well, I, I think the, uh, the concept is great. Have you had, you know, people reach out to you from, from indie wrestling that have heard about this and been like, hey, how do I get on a show? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've had my inbox has been uh, bouncing with people, and, you know, the the biggest thing that I'm, I'm having to do is I don't want to just bring one person in from, say, um, Texas. Yeah. I would like to bring, get a group of guys to come up together because it cuts down on costs. Because, again, I, it's, they're coming up here on their own dime with the, the hopes that there's going to be a return to that. So they're investing their time and stuff. So obviously, the more you can get from one area, the better. Uh, talk to guys from St. Louis, like Gary J and those guys. And so what we may end up doing going um, forward is kind of theming each episode kind of based 
off of uh, different regional places. So I, I like that. I I like that idea because if if and. I'm sure you've you've watched how they've how they've produced that uh, that NWA studio show. They kind of do the same thing. They bring in a group of guys. They produce a whole bunch of episodes, and then the next time they do with tapings, it's basically completely different guys except for the roster core group guys. So yeah, you you could do a heck of a business with that. Oh yeah, and you know the guys the guys are definitely you know if you're if you're missing wrestling if you're wrestling you're missing wrestling. Um, just for an example, I don't think there was a single person last Friday that didn't work at least three times. Um, so we, I mean, we we all work multiple times just because our roster is so limited. And with that, you get cool matchups and things like that. What'll be really neat is going forward in the future is we get enough of these episodes taped, we can kind of mix them up so we can space those out over episodes. So someone who came from far away and wrestled three times they're not just stuck with being on just one episode they can potentially be on three episodes and have three chances oh yeah an extra so um that's kind of where we're looking at trying to get enough of these things set up but again we're facing facing the challenge of trying to keep everything it's con- you know contained to a certain size group as we can uh, and being respectful to um, all the the quarantine and you know recommended group gatherings. So, well, and uh, an idea that, and I don't know, fitness that that this might have gone through your head too with with this. But uh, if you've got you know a group of Texas guys coming up for a couple shows, and then you've got a group of St. Louis guys coming up for a couple shows. And then you do another set of tapings and you have some guys, let's say, from Florida come up and do some shows. You're going to have all the guys in Texas promoting their shows. <laughs> all the Florida guys are promoting their shows. And so at the end of the day, everybody's making money. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's we're, professional wrestling's a brotherhood. So, I mean, let's, uh, this kind of goes back to that whole thing. Like, I mean, the main purpose of pro wrestling, we all love doing it, but it should be um for us to be able to make a career out of it you know and it's very 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 difficult for anybody to make a career being just a a professional wrestler on the independent circuit so if more places would work together in this sense uh, and i mean by place i mean the, the boys in particular working together to um promote and to help get you know these different shows over uh you know just think how much better our our industry would be and i think that that's something that could happen because of uh what's going on now i think the the demand now is here i think wrestling's in an upsweep in the in the sense that people are are hungry to do more um there's more options out there there's more availability to do stuff so you know let's try something different that's not been the obviously what's what's been going on for the past 20 years hasn't been very successful for most independent wrestlers so yes let's think of something outside the box i I like what i really like about the concept is is it does take the um it's got its roots in that old school philosophy you know back in the territory days they would have um of course tv was used back then to sell the live events but they would do the tv tv tapings you know tape you know like a month's worth of television all day saturday or whatever and then go to their live event, and then but the, those those shows would 
would um, basically sell the, the next month's big live event, the big main event or whatever. Um, so, I mean, it seems like this definitely has some, some roots in, in that classic, you know, studio-style wrestling, but also the, the innovation of uh, the fan interaction and the Internet and the, um, you know, getting people involved with the, with the Patreon and stuff. So it's, um, I, I, think, I think going forward, and like you said, the last 20 years, the business model of independent wrestling really hasn't been working. Jiggy and I talked about that at length, actually, here, yes. uh, the other day. Um, but it's it's definitely got that 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 nostalgia and, and territory feel that I think is in. I think a lot of people are are hungry for that. Um, those guys that that are now fifty or sixty years old but can remember going to the matches in in St. Joe or in Memphis or in Amarillo with their grandfathers when they were kids, and and trying to draw in some of that uh, nostalgic crowd that has turned off sports entertainment the last 20 years yeah uh, but also with the the fan interaction and everything else i mean this this has got a, a really interesting uh twist that can that can really push this product forward i, I think good things could happen with it what, what are some of the uh, things people can expect to see tomorrow at your on your debut show i know you've got some some pretty good talent lined up for it what, what are some some things people can expect to see tomorrow oh we have i mean like i said the first show is um you know, it's again we have a, a small roster, and so you're going to see some matchups you haven't seen before with a lot of people from Kansas, um, and uh, I've got some guys from Oklahoma on there. Um, we got six matches, five matches on the normal um, show, uh, and then we have a bonus match if you do the second tier, uh, which is. Uh, I forgot what I call the ringside tier. There's a general admission tier, a ringside tier, and then the booking tier. That's so you get the extra bonus match. The bonus match is uh, a six-man tag with all of us in it. So that was just a lot of fun. And it, and it's um, you know we're, we're obviously it was our first episode, so storylines are just starting. So this was more of a feel it out, have a good time. But we had a, a toilet paper ladder match. So, um, <laughs> I love that. that's awesome. We have um, we don't have fans, but we have germs, which are little mask <laughs> green green mask people that sit outside the ring and cheer and boo, and uh, they may or may not be uh, detrimental in some of the matches. So you're gonna see you're gonna be you're gonna see a lot of entertaining things um, because we have time. We're not in a live event, so it's not match boom match boom match boom just yeah. in a row we had you had time to reset and do everything so i mean you're going to see a little bit more um of a i guess an entertainment value to these matches than you are going to see at a, at a live event which is really really fun and really neat to see fantastic that sounds really good oh i'll tell you this this sounds like you have hit on something brother because <laughs> uh I'll tell you just just the idea of the of the booking tier. I I think that is just amazing because I can't tell you, and health fitness would be able to tell you the same thing. How many damn marks want to book these shows and get on and bitch online? And it's like, put your money where your mouth is, literally. Oh yeah, I mean, like, and that's the thing too is you'll see, you know, fans sometimes have some great ideas for matchups they want to see, and unfortunately, you know, like, um, 
and, and this isn't anything against the fans or against the promoter, it's just not the right time for the promotion to do that. And so, and a lot of times you'll see that happen where two people that would have had a really good run or a really good match together, um, by the time they're out of the promotion or the promotion's over or maybe they get hurt, that never happens. So the opportunity has always been lost. Yep. And so this is a good opportunity for people, again, to, um, you know, if they want to see something that they've never seen before, to, you know, do that booking tier and then we'll get in the contact with, everyone and try and make that work i mean there's no again we can't guarantee if they put they want to see so-and-so versus so-and-so we have to make sure so-and-so and so-and-so are available well to do it. well and you uh, also have to make sure that that that, that both guys get along <laughs> sure, <laughs> because, sure. because because you know like 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 for instance and and th- th- this is just this is just me this is just jiggy being jiggy but uh if, if i was on the booking tier i would go well i want to see blade versus mango <laughs> that's never gonna happen <laughs> that probably won't happen but, uh, you never know you know like this could be you know this could be the step that gets it gets it there because you know at the end we're all performers so well, yeah and, and everybody's sharing everybody's sharing in the profits and i like the idea of you know like for instance if you were to do that let, let's say i go in and i go hey this is what i want to book and you're like well i don't know and you reach out to them but the process could be and it doesn't even have to be those two it, it could be it could be uh, fitness versus jt money or something like that if, if 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 you get if you get some you get two guys together you get two tag teams together or whatever they could look at this as hey i'm never i never am going to wrestle this guy in you know my home company but i could put it out there and and the fans are going to be like holy shit this match happened <laughs> I need to see right. this. Right. And then and, and and know, these guys get paid. So it's a hell of a hell of an idea. Yeah. I mean, that's the Ted DiBiase, you know, everyone has a price. Exactly. So. <laughs> um, you know, one of the, one of the cool concepts we talked about doing and we'll, we will do, definitely implement it. We would we need to work on some uh, details of it, but you know, in this foreseeable time, there's not any promotions running. Um, we would be willing to do um, if a promotion wanted to send a match to represent their promotion or a championship match or something, we would be happy to. That would be awesome too. And so then you'd have the potential to see um, your favorite promotion. There's getting the promotion that's actually running live shows in areas, getting them kind of that feedback. They can reach out, and then they're, they're promoting to their fan base that aren't getting to see them on a regular basis. That too. So, that too. Well, like I said, I I think you've hit on something. This is this is pretty freaking cool. Well, I think it's just something that hasn't been done in this aspect. I mean, studio wrestling, you can, you know, there's people that claim oh, yeah. they invented it and blah blah blah. But I mean, it's been around since the '40s, so yeah. or since TV, you know, yeah. since they had television. So this is this is just taking it to a different point where we're giving it kind of back to the boys to to do what they want to do and have and do what they do without the pressure of you know who's going to be a champion and who's you know like that too that too yeah yeah the the politics part of it let's just have matches let's just um let's have fun let's do some simple stories let's do some angles and 
we'll have uh, we'll have a good time doing it, and hopefully uh, get a good you know following in the process. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah I, I look forward to it myself, and I'm I'm definitely going to get the word out the best I can. Hopefully, um, we have a, a a great number of people tomorrow to tune in and check out the product because I I think it's worth checking out, and I I think people will be pleased. And uh, let's be honest, everyone's sitting at home, and there's not a lot going on. Uh, you can only watch reruns of Friends so many times, people. Uh, you can only watch Seinfeld reruns so many times. Uh, check out these wrestlers out here that are uh, really you know, risking life and limb to put on a good show and, and entertain folks. And like you mentioned earlier, I, I think wrestling is definitely on an upswing. Uh, I think the evidence of that is is everywhere. And uh, I think I think this product could definitely capitalize on this this unfortunate turn of events our society's going through right now, and and hopefully bring some smiles to some people's faces and 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 some families can gather around their their television sets and their their computers and their iPads and you know, check out uh, some some local talent doing some great things. I think so it's I'm, great. I'm proud right. to it myself. Yeah, and and the, the the best thing about it is is that from an economics point. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of fans that are itching the first, you know, wrestling shows to promote again because they, they, you know, some people love going to the wrestling shows and we love those fans, um, but they haven't been able to, just like the wrestlers haven't been able to go to perform. So, you know, for the, the cost of usually one ticket, you can set at home with your whole family and watch a wrestling show that yeah. is recent with local talent and know that that helps the talent tremendously because it all goes back to the talent so it's a heck of a deal man i think you've hit on something well i i know i know your time's limited before before we let you go brother how how do we uh get a hold of this and and be involved with it and uh and help help you out with this well absolutely um again follow the viral pro um facebook page like it and we'll have updates and things on that and that's at viral pro ent um again website twitter and all that stuff we're going to be working on getting that up pretty soon um and then definitely um check it out uh patreon viral pro uh the general admission uh tier or ticket is uh Twenty dollars that gets you the first episode. If you want to do thirty-five dollars, you get the bonus episode, uh, the bonus match. Uh, we're definitely going to um, be doing a lot of stuff different. We're always going to be evolving and changing. You know, kind of changing the set to make it better. We got some plans to do some really fun stuff if this it really catches on. Um, some some pretty fun themed shows and whatnot. So. Definitely, if you love independent wrestling in your community, uh, if you love independent wrestling uh, and going to the shows, drop drop a drop a twenty. Get together with uh, well, I'm as many as you can and supposed to get together. <laughs> yes, have a have an independent watch party with your family at home, and uh, you know, get you a package of hot dogs, get the whole concession, some popcorn going. You you can have your own independent show right in your living room. So. And and, oh, yeah. and then uh, you know it, it helps out you guys and it's a uh, it's a hell of a deal. Absolutely, and I said um, you know Viral Pro is going to be dependent you know pretty much exclusively on uh, the support it gets from people through the the Patreon account. Um, once they purchase that episode, once the episode's available, they'll they'll receive a link to that private link. 
so that they'll be able to watch it and uh, they can watch it. I, I think they the way it's going to work is they'll have the link forever. So uh, as long as YouTube's around, they'll have access to it. So um, you know, it's just it's an investment that you can you know take home with you forever. So that's awesome. Well, I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for uh, coming on with us tonight and chatting with us about this. Oh. Hey, no problem. Thanks for reaching out, and uh, thanks for having us on there. We're looking really forward to do some fun, fun stuff here. So, I right, look forward to seeing it for sure. I'm gonna, uh, I'll be tuning in myself, and I'll get the word out the best I can, and and hopefully, uh, hopefully this this is the first of, of many incredible episodes from you guys, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, seeing where Viral Pro grows over the next several weeks. Yeah. That'll be awesome, guys. And like I said, keep keep a watch out, watch out on our um, Facebook page. We're planning on trying to drop that free match tonight so people can kind of see what it's about. And then hopefully once they get – we're hoping that once they get a couple minutes into this, they're going to say, yeah, I want to invest and watch the whole show. <laughs> That's and awesome. Just, just go ahead and get Because we're, we're planning on dropping that tomorrow, that episode. Uh, I know everyone that's coming up, we're going to watch it here. Um, so we'll probably drop it at the same time. We may drop. I don't know when we're going to actually get to it. We're going to discuss that tomorrow, but it's definitely going to be out tomorrow at some point. So um, go on right now. You can. Uh, everything is for episode one on Patreon. You can order the general admission or the advanced if you want the extra match. Uh, and go and get that pre-ordered so we can, uh, you know, not bite our fingernails and think we're not wasting our time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that too, that too. But uh, I appreciate it, brother. And we'll uh, we'll put the links out and share everything. And uh, thanks for being with us. All right, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, appreciate man. Yeah, sure. Have a good evening. Thank you. That was a uh, what, what? What do you think about this concept, fitness? That this this is a hell of a uh, hell of a deal. Oh, I I love it. Like I said earlier. It, it it has its roots in that that classic you know studio style uh, television wrestling that I think older fans can appreciate that grew up with that. I mean you know pro wrestling fueled the growth of television in the United States. There was a time that that um, you know the biggest things you could see on TV were billiards and pro wrestling, <laughs> and yes. you know and that that <laughs> really um, our whole society would be different if, if television didn't grip our imaginations like it has and, and pro wrestling didn't have a lot to do with that in various different uh, sure. you know independent hey. of one another I, I I think we've got the, uh, the 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 fabulous, nicely dressed uh, John Mosier, J.M. Steele, with us. How are you, sir? Hey, it's the uh, John Mosier. What's up, brother? How you doing? <laughs> hey. <laughs> I don't know how nicely dressed I am. Uh. <laughs> Are you are you in your uh, SpongeBob pajamas? <laughs> no, no, no. I got some different ones like that. <laughs> I wore those out. So <laughs> it was the last time we had that sleepover party. You know, yeah. I mean, but oh, yeah. <laughs> I gotta save the, the 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 SpongeBob PJs for like the trip to Walmart and all that good stuff. I <laughs> know. Uh, I don't live in South Wichita, so. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, I, I wanted to get you on this evening because on Sunday, uh, when we did the Sunday show, me and Fitness had a uh, very interesting conversation 
about uh, just uh, old school wrestling and how wrestling seems to be missing uh, the boat on certain things. And it got me thinking about some of the conversations you and I have. And so I thought, well, fuck it. Let's just get all three of us together and do this on the show. <laughs> so that's kind of what we're uh, fitness. Pick up on, on what you were talking about, how, how the wrestling model needs to change. And then I want to have John's comments on that as well well especially especially indie wrestling i I think um too many people and i and i was we were talking about this on the show sunday uh too many independent feds are trying to emulate what they see on raw and why are people going to spend their hard-earned money on that product when they can watch raw you know what i mean so um tune in free every monday night um so i think pro wrestling has to uh you know, booking a live event's different than booking television. Obviously, um, you got to cater to the audience a little bit differently. And and rather than rehash everyone's favorite angle from from you know WWF 2002 or WCW 1996 or whatever, um, I think the playbook has to go back to the territories a little bit. And I and I think that's there's a strong market for that. I think there's people out there that are, that want to see that. And um, and I mean, what the hell do I know? I don't know anything, but I, I think that the the playbook in pro wrestling goes back a hundred years. So why are we only tearing pages out of the last twenty years that that hasn't been working for independent pro wrestling companies? There's a hundred year playbook here that that we can look at, and 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 if we're going to emulate something, emulate what made pro wrestling pro wrestling in the first place. And and I just that's what I'm an advocate for myself. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I just I think that's the way to go going forward. Oh, I couldn't agree more with you. I think um, some of the best matches I've seen lately are when they try to do less instead of more. It's like you know, go back to the days where you worked a body part. I mean, you don't sit there with a headlock for like 25 minutes, but you may start to go into a headlock and then he tries to power his way out. You pull the hair, he tries to power his way out. You do something else. They don't know how to be an old school heel. I mean, I'm not saying you have to like spit on people outside the place or flip a little kid off at an autograph signing like certain people, (laughs) but you do, you do have to sit there while you're, while you're in the ring, you gotta be the villain. And that's when you do the stuff like choking people, like choking people on the ropes, dragging their face along the ropes like they used to, stuff like that. I mean, everybody knows me and Tommy Snow were very challenged in actual technical wrestling. <laughs> but we could go out there, we could go out there and we could entertain the hell out of people, whether it was me running my mouth or Tommy biting somebody's ass or, you know, we didn't do a whole lot. I mean... We had a two out of three falls match once, and we each bumped once. Yeah. Fantastic. And the crowd loved it. <laughs> some of the uh, some of my favorite matches have been with Tommy. Uh, and, and to be fair, some of my not-so-favorite matches have also been with Tommy. <laughs> but, oh, I never, but, I never well, gave any of the hardcore stuff well, like you two did. Well, so. well no, not, not just the hardcore stuff, though. Oh, I know. I'm you just know, saying. Um, I was watching... Um, 
some matches last night, and one of them I was particularly proud of. I, had, of course, I'd retired from wrestling for a few years, and I'd only I was doing some some charity shows a couple times a year, but I wouldn't wouldn't wrestling on a regular basis for for several years. And then um, I made my return. It was my first match in MWA for after uh, like a six year hiatus. I may I may have snuck one in at some point between there, but I wasn't a regular member of their roster for six years, and. I was particularly proud of this match with Tommy that that more than anything else, I didn't smarten up anybody to the finish, including the referee, including the promoter. Nobody was smart enough to the finish of this match. And everyone's like, what's Eric up to? What's Eric going to do? And we go out there, and at the end of the match, I'm beating Tommy down, and he, he keeps kicking out. He keeps kicking out. I hit a big move. He keeps kicking out. And I'm blaming the referee for not counting fast enough. And I go, I grab a kid out of the crowd, a high school kid. I say, I need a new referee. Who wants to be a new referee? And this kid volunteers and gets in the ring. And everyone's like, what the hell is he doing? Or I'm sure some people thought the kid might have been a plant, but he wouldn't. I never met the kid in my life. He's some local kid in Aurora, Nebraska. And I made the referee take a shirt off. So I start taking the shirt off for and I tell me a few more times and I go back to the referee and I'm in his face and, and, and the kid's putting on the referee shirt and I say you know what I count to three one two three just like that then you raise my hand when I win you understand the kid's like I got it one two three and then I turn around Tommy hits a DDT and fucking pins me and that crowd erupts and of course that kid is the hero of the day when we get out of the ring his family's taking pictures of him holding up Tommy's arm and that wasn't that wasn't a work. That wasn't planned. Um, nobody was smart to that. I was the only person in the entire building that knew that's what was going to happen. That kid had no idea. And um, and for that reason alone, I mean, I was super proud of that match um, just for the, just for the finish and just because that kid, like I said, he gets to be the hometown hero for the day. And he just went there thinking he was going to be another fan and have a good time watching wrestling. But he was a part of the show that day. And um, I was, I and I love moments like that in wrestling. Oh yeah, but like Tommy Snow is the perfect foil to everybody, and for like <laughs> years they crapped on him up there. I mean, you know they have him be like some flunky or something. I begged, I begged Dan to let me wrestle him at a spot show Dan wanted to do in Eureka, because I loved Tommy. We talked all the time in the back and stuff. And Dan was like, okay, well, let it do it. And, I mean, we were the, we weren't the most technically savvy match, but we entertained the hell out of everybody. We had, we had more people talking about our match than anything. And it was like, like I said, we did two out of three falls in this match, and we took one bump apiece. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Tommy. That's pretty I'll tell amazing. You, Tommy is uh, legitimately probably the funniest person i know too i mean he's he's so creative um if you're oh, you know yeah. and you and you know john you you know you've been at his house and barbecued with him as well there's he's a riot a minute and he's never off he's the wittiest smartest guy in the world when it comes to cracking a joke or, or keeping you on your toes hey. um just that to it's a good mind but that, <laughs> he's a younger version he's a younger version of me uh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know something that uh, I, I I don't know why I didn't why I never thought about this, but uh, John mentioned it to me one night when we were at it uh, at a wrestling show, 
and he the the idea of you know the heel gets with the gets with the baby face or whatever in the back and says hey uh i've got these autographed pictures and we're gonna try to explain this concept <laughs> john oh, this God, is it was, great it was dick, <laughs> dick murdoch told me this one what he would do is he'd get a bunch of cheap like pictures made up or whatever and he'd go like put them out at the the souvenir table and he would go over and talk to the guy who was wrestling and what he would do is he would give one to the guy he was wrestling with and the guy would be sitting there threatening to sit there and rip the you know the little picture up and um you know Murdoch would be just going ape shit going no, 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 you better not do that. Da, 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 da. <clears throat> Just going off like he didn't want him to do it. And then the other guy would say, goes, hey, go get one of these like that. So, you know, <clears throat> you know, he was paying like 10 cents a copy for it, and he was getting a buck 50 off of them. So all of a sudden, everybody would run over to the table, get those, just to rip them up in front of them. But, I mean, he's making a buck 50 off it each <laughs> yeah. time. Well, I've got a similar thing going on right now, actually, and I, but I don't want to. I don't want to break kayfabe on it on air. But I'll, I'll share it with you guys after, afterwards. Yeah. But yeah, that's that. That's a great way for heels to to, to do business. I heard that. Um, uh, I can't remember who it was. Somebody said that uh, I think it was Raven or something like that in the Pacific Northwest had a. There was a picture of him picking his nose or something. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've and, actually seen that. I know that one. Yeah, so it was kind of like they called him Snotty the Body. Of course, what's that? Snotty the Body. That's a that's when he was doing. Well, he was doing the um, Gotti the Body out there oh, right yeah, after yeah, he yeah. left Gotti Memphis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was going against the Midnight Rockers, Rex King and Steve Dahl. Sorry, I'm a complete geek for history. <laughs> but anyway, no, I like it. That's why we got you on there. here. <laughs> they found up. They they took a picture of him like he was picking his nose because Scotty went out there. And um, he was part of the commentary team, too. But he was like the big heel. So they've got this picture that they came up. The Southern Rockers, who were the hottest thing out there, they um, come up with this picture up to the interview stand. And they're like, yeah, we got a picture of you, Scotty the Body. But, well, we call him Snotty the Body like that. It shows a picture of him picking his nose. Yeah, yeah. Did you get that? Hey, da 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 <laughs> That's yeah, funny, it was man. it was awesome, it was awesome. It, uh, I mean, sh- no, go ahead, John. I was going to say they um that was back when Portland was shoving you know like, I mean people to the rafters in that little dinky old bowling alley that they had as the Portland Sports Arena, right. and I mean well, it was I hilarious. Think, I don't think Portland gets enough credit um, in the national scene, but. They were, aside from Memphis, they were the last people standing in the territory. Vince was buying out everybody and putting people out of business. But Portland was really the last, uh, the, 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 that was the, the Alamo right there, man. That was the last stand for yeah. non-WWF wrestling. Yeah, it was the last NWA territory still going because Southeastern with the Fullers went under. They were yeah. one of the next to the last. And, you know, they'd gone with the AWA, and then that kind of went, you know, yeah. Lawler just got in good with WWF, him and Jarrett did, and they morphed, Jarrett got out, and it became USWA, and 
It was a yeah, but Owens was running pretty good until I think it was early March 90s, of nineteen ninety. Yeah, what? ninety or ninety one. Well, yeah, I was like, um, I think it was. Maybe it was 91. I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. But, yeah, they were. it was right after the turn of the year that they ended up shutting down because yeah. they lost well, their main did, television sponsor. Well, Geigel, when did Geigel fall? Was that 89, 88 or 89? Yeah, between 88 and 89. They, were, they tried to do the WWA thing by themselves, and then they went back because what happened was Jim Crockett said he was going to buy the territory and guy was like hell yeah okay go go yeah yeah and they um but then um crockett didn't pay any of the stuff didn't pay geigel for it so geigel was getting stuck with the bills from what crockett was running up and um having to sit there and try to get it himself and that's when they finally were just like you know and they all became the security guys out at the you know the horse racing track out there yeah yeah yeah, there was a time where uh, if you wanted to see a who's who at Central States Wrestling, the, the track was the place to be. Oh, God, yeah, it was him. There was Rufus. There was Bulldog Bob Brown. And Mike George was selling cars up there for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, but he was good. He was real good at it. He got into real estate, too. He still looks halfway decent, too. Yeah, every now and again, I'll, I'll talk to someone that's run into to Mike George. I've I've uh, always wondered what it would take to get get him to come out and make an appearance out in the area or something. But he, uh, I know he uh, he's still still out there. He's one of the last ones from that from that era that's still out there and and still around. I know it's like um, Rick McCord's got a limousine service. He does, if I remember right. Uh, one of the Baden twins passed away. The other one's still. Living in West Virginia, those are the ones I remember. And Marty Janetti's a mess right now, but hopefully he's getting straightened up. <laughs> yeah, I've heard all these stories all these about stories. Marty. Well, he gets going, and then just something—he falls off the rail again. And it's—it some of it was kind of pitiful, some of it wasn't. You know, do you know that was one of the last territories Massachusetts wrestled for? No, he wrestled there, then he went down to Fuller's, then he went back to Japan. Yeah, yeah. Wow. He, got a, he got a lot of experience over here, then went back to Japan and became a huge friggin' star. Yeah, that was normal for the Japanese guys to come get experience over here. I know, uh, well, and Pogo, too. He spent some time in this in the Central States territory. Mr. Pogo and uh, Masachono. And then Muda, um, <laughs> I don't think, did anything here, but... Of course, his time in WCW and uh, and Puerto Rico and stuff like that. It's that's always uh, yeah, he was in Florida for a little bit before that, but yeah. But what's funny is the um, Funks out in Amarillo used to get a ton of guys from Japan out there. Um, so did uh, like um, Stu Hart up in Stampede and the old Vancouver area before Al Tomko took it over. I mean, there used to be like twenty different places to go wrestle in the North America area and I mean then it just kind of went you know kind of downhill on some stuff but right well and people always people say well because Vince you know we can make all this money but but there's I think there's a lot less people making a living I think there were more people making a living at pro wrestling um, 40 years ago 
Now, there's there's probably more millionaires in pro wrestling now than there were then, but there's a hell of a lot less people paying their bills and and uh, and getting by. You know what I mean? So that's kind so of yeah, the biggest it. The biggest thing is there's no place for some of these talents to develop. That's what it was, you know. Right. Like if if they were getting stale in Kansas City, they could go down to San Antonio and work for Blanchard, or they could go out and work for the LaBelles in L.A., or, right. you know, you could go up and work for Don Owens, or you could work for the Rougeaus in Montreal or whatever. I mean, Canada alone had, what, one, two, three, four, five. They had six different territories up there at one time. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's territory wrestling, man. That I mean, that was the way to go, and I I think more people are paying their bills now. And a lot of people, there's this perception that at, that the WWE guys are making a ton of money, and the top guys are obviously. You know, John Cena is not hurting for for money, and the Hogan's over the years, and the Macho Man's. But what people don't understand, a lot of them guys uh, on the undercard and the midcard, um, they're not they're not becoming millionaire celebrities overnight. A lot of them guys in and. And, you know, John, you've worked in the locker room with a lot of them, too. A lot of them guys were were on the road, you know, for a couple grand a week, which is, you know, good money to pay your bills, but but definitely not uh, not Kobe Bryant money. You know what I mean? So the, the folks at home, oh, I don't yeah. realize that, that a lot of the wrestlers that come to the go to the Fed and then end up back on the indies, um, they had their, their moment in the spotlight, but, but it's not like they're um, – they're, they're, they're living, uh, you know, lifestyles and the rich and the famous. You know what I mean? They've got bills to pay, and they're paying for hotels and traveling and this, that, and the other thing. Um, there's very, very few people in pro wrestling that have made, you know, the, the millions. Yeah, but a lot of them nowadays are being smarter about their money, though, too. That's where the difference was. Like, you had Ric Flair spending money. Like, you know, he had, uh, you know, he had a fountain of it. I mean, a lot of those guys ended up broke because... They didn't think about putting money back. Um, right. I mean, you had, like, Christian, you had Edge. I mean, don't get me wrong. Those guys were both high up on the card, but they also put a whole ton of money away. So did, yes. like, Owen Hart. I mean, hell, Zack Ryder has a, you know, he makes really, he's pretty well off somewhat just because he was smart enough to put his money away some. Yeah. Well, a lot of you know, he got himself guys, over. Like- like you mentioned, uh, you know, Edge and Christian and, and this and that. Uh, Canadian guys are smart, man. They all moved to Florida where they don't have to pay any taxes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Florida, Texas, Tennessee. Yep. It's like you got Rusev and a bunch of the guys there. You've got, you've got uh, a bunch of the guys in the Houston area down in Texas. Right. I mean, it's the guys that live out in, like, L.A. and California. It's like... I understand you grew up out that way and stuff, but yeah, why would you do you, that to yourself? <laughs> oh, I know one of the highest tax states in the union, and you're going to go out there and live. It's like, yeah, okay, you know, yeah, the weather's great, but the weather's great in Florida too. You don't have to pay any state income tax, you know. Right? Yeah. Even if I was, you know, let's say, uh, let's say, you know, in movies on a regular basis that filmed in L.A. or or did a lot of business out there, but I was making that kind of money. Why the hell would I want to live there? A plane ticket to LAX is a hell of a lot cheaper than living in LA. You could fly there oh, once a week. 
<laughs> you can fly in another once a week and, and, and come out ahead. You know, it's just madness. Well, property values out there are ridiculous. And then, like you said, the taxes are, are, are killer out there. Oh, yeah. That's one. That's the reason, like, that in the Northeast states, there's people moving out of there by the droves. Oh, yeah, for I sure. I mean, this was before everything happened, but, I mean, it was mostly taxes. I mean, you had more people leaving, moving out of New York, New Jersey and stuff and California than there were moving in. It was one well, of the few times that they had uh, that where it was a deficit. Right. Well, you know, the thing is, you know, taxes and like said, and, and also, uh, you know, property values. I watch some of these shows on TV where they renovate houses or, or they, they get an agent, you know, to buy their dream house and this and that. And uh, some of them houses, like when I look at the first house I bought and, you know, it was in Kansas, about $74,000, I think it was. Um, that same house with the same amount of property in California would 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 be almost a million dollar home. You know, it'd be three quarters of a million dollar property. Um, oh yeah, it's, it's outrageous, it's madness. Dude. I don't know why anybody would. You know, if you make it big, why the hell would you want to live somewhere like that? It doesn't make any sense to me at all. That's the reason teams in Florida and Texas and stuff for like major sports have easier times getting guys to sign there. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong, some of the L.A. teams do, just because it's the notoriety and the side money they can make. But Right. But, but even it's that. It's like, you know, yeah. Oh, but but even that, like I said, why would I want to live there? Even if I, let's say if I played for the, the L.A. Rams, shit, I'll, sorry, honey, I'll see you in a few weeks. I got I got to go do the season, <laughs> you know, or I'll see you, I'll see you three <laughs> times in the next six weeks. And and I'd keep my money in in you know Wyoming or something before I'd live in goddamn California. Ugh. Yeah, a lot of the guys from the old days they just didn't take care of their money. I mean, hell, Ray Stevens was almost damn near broke when he died. Yeah. If Vern Gagne hadn't have thrown him a bone as a commentator, he probably would have been, you know, not so good. I mean, look, Pat Patterson's living a good life, Canadian dude. Yeah, you know it was like a lot of those guys, you know, came down here with virtually nothing, so they were like, "Oh hell yeah, I'm going to put this away to make sure you know I don't end up that way." It's like some of the guys that worked for Bill Watts were the ones that were much better off, even though they had to travel all over the place, because Watts was, you know, he ran it like a business. He was a right. smart guy. I mean. You did the stuff, but he also had it so his, you know, wrestlers, he would, like, help him. Like, he always held, like, two weeks payback for on their way out so they wouldn't be going somewhere completely broke. Right. So they had another check coming to them by the time they left and given their notice. Well, and uh, before we got you on with this, we were talking with uh, Niles Plunk. Which uh, I'm sure you know the that plonk, name. Plonk, hey. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> About this, yeah, we interviewed him that one time. I didn't realize he, I didn't realize he was who he was until later on. I was like, oh my god, I feel so stupid now. <laughs> 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 well, 
Well, he was talking about this idea that uh, he, he's come up with where they do basically studio wrestling and they put it on a Patreon and you can, uh, you can you know, subscribe to it and then everybody shares in the revenue and uh, it, it, it's, it's a heck of a concept. And, and this is the thing that, that me and fitness have been trying to figure out is that, you know, you got you to gotta do some stuff to reinvent this indie wrestling wheel. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to yeah, throw my money down and support him tomorrow for sure. Um, I'm interested in seeing the concept that, that Viral Pro is, um, especially like you saw talking about the different tiers. You know, if a fan really wants to book a match, they throw down a few extra bucks and, and book who they want to see to wrestle each other. I think that's ingenious. And it takes that old school, you know, studio TV wrestling and, and adds this modern twist. And I, I think it's phenomenal. I think it's great. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to their first episode drops tomorrow night. Who's this with? I mean, I know it's Niles, but who who else is all involved? Anybody? Um, he didn't drop a lot of names, but I, I he um, he did mention tomorrow night there's going to be a toilet paper uh, ladder match for a uh, roll of toilet paper, which I'm interested in seeing that. <laughs> um, I, I did I I see I saw a, a teaser trailer for it. But, but I don't want to say any names that may because I watch. I've been sitting around watching a lot of wrestling, so I don't. I don't want to say someone that's going to be there that's not going to be there. I guess, but um, I know he's got a solid list of guys, and that also he's some of the other guys that he's talking to about future episodes too. He'd mentioned so from different areas, St. Louis and Texas and stuff. So I think the concept is incredible, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm you know I'm looking forward to it. Well, it's like, well, it's like the biggest problem I've seen. And, um, you know, I've talked to you about this, Jiggy, is some of the guys, they try to charge too much for people to get in at these shows. That too. Yeah, you got to make some money. But if you make it affordable, you can go there like once a month. You can go there. It's like, you know, you charge five bucks an adult and like two bucks a kid. And then, you know, you leave them some money for inside. If you do that, you a family of five could go out and spend... Sixteen dollars to get in there. They can still get like a couple of sodas or something, or they can get a T-shirt of somebody's or something like that. And then you, you know, you you do it in an area where you know people somewhat, so you can get some sponsors. They'll pay for the building. Yeah. And then it's just like, I mean, yeah, everybody made fun of Dan for it, but Dan went out and did the old school paper of the town, and well, you yeah. got a lot of people to come because of that. Yeah, well, and and one thing when uh, we were out in Hoisington for for the last show that he did out there, the last KWR show that him and him and Derek did, uh, I I thought it was uh, really interesting. He had a bunch of people from out of, out of state and out of town there on the show, and before they went out, you know, when they had the the booking meeting, that, that he told everybody, he's like. Everybody in Hoisington believes in K Fabe. <laughs> he's like, so oh, yeah, you know. He's like, so you know, if I get beat up tonight, he goes, I'm gonna get texts and calls on Monday from people going, "Hey Dan, how you feeling?" <laughs> he said, so you know, you've got something really special out there. So I've had some fun moments oh. in Hoisington over the years. That's that's always been a good town. And what I like about that is honestly. Um, you know, promoters, whatever they charge, you know, if, if 
if they've got a full house to me i'm gonna i'm gonna move some product i'm gonna sell some t-shirts and i'm gonna make more money oh yeah than whatever the promoter's gonna offer me in the first place so i you know i don't i don't mind i don't mind a big house i don't i don't mind paper town stuff because um i'm gonna come out ahead and some of these younger guys if they don't have merch or they've got merch and maybe they're not as memorable um may not feel the same way but uh you know i i enjoy a big crowd because i'm gonna sell some t-shirts and i'm gonna sell some other gimmicks i always try to keep some some uh cheaper gimmicks on the table too that for those families that don't have um you know twenty dollars a pop for t-shirts for their six kids then i i always make sure i have some cheaper things on the gimmick table that they can buy for two or three bucks a piece because uh, every penny helps me keep the party going so <laughs> I, I oh, yeah <laughs> But if you have, but what I was saying with my part of it was, if you have 500 people in there instead of 200 people, you got a better chance of making more money anyway. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can remember uh, when I started. There was times like you know in some towns that there were, and of course I you know uh, this definitely isn't representative of every show because I've worked tons of shows with you know 10 people in the crowd or whatever, but. Um, some of them crowds, the big crowds, it'd get to the point where if if there were some kids or something and they only had a few bucks between them, the promoter would let them in anyway. So you knew they'd, they'd spend it on popcorn. Yes. You know, yeah. Right. You still make money. Yeah. Or all the chairs would be, if all the chairs were full, like, well, shit, give me, you know, if it was $10 ticket or whatever, well, give me five bucks and you can stand in the back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and get him, get him in the, get him in the goddamn door. You know? <laughs> yeah, so that was the kind of logic I used to use when I worked door at nightclubs and stuff. We had a cover charge. I seen a group of ten walking up there, you know, and they were like saying, "Oh, it's a, it's an eight dollar cover charge." And I was like, "I was like, everybody got IDs?" And they'd be like, "Yeah," and I go, "Okay, let me see them." And I go, okay, give me eight bucks for every four. And they're like, seriously? I was like, yeah, because they were going to go in there. They're going to spend, you know, 10, 15 bucks, you know, on drinks easily. So instead of pissing them off and making them leave, you know, you lost a few bucks at the door, but you gained a whole hell of a lot more, and the bartenders made some money too. So he's like, why'd you do that? I go, it's stupid to piss these people off (laughs) when I can make, you know, over eight bucks a person when I can charge them a couple of bucks or whatever and they go in there and spend 20 bucks. Right. So I should, I should piss away like $500 worth of business because you want eight <laughs> bucks at the door. And he's right. like, Oh, I gotcha. I've got several places in around the, around the region, but especially in Junction city, Manhattan and, and uh, a few other bars, and a few other towns, Salina, whatnot. But, they, you know the the bar owners. They know me. They know I spend a lot of money in there. Um, but but more importantly, when I do go out, especially because I'm gone so much on the weekends, I travel so much and I'm wrestling. So if I am in town, and I got a group of friends together, and I'm going to a bar, so I've got bartenders that comp my drinks. I get free drinks places because if I go somewhere, I've got you know, a group of people with me that are spending a bunch of money yes. and they know that wherever I go, these people are going to go and they're, they're happy that I chose to walk in their door. So I end up, I end up getting comped a lot of drinks and, and, uh, I don't, there's very few places I play, pay cover charges in the, in the region. 
um, even if it's a, an off night where I do pop in by myself on a weeknight, um, I very rarely get charged a uh, cover charge because they know that next time they see me, I'm probably going to have half, half a dozen or a dozen people with me. So <laughs> that's, that's yeah. really nice. I, I, I enjoy it. I've, I've drank on a lot of bar owners dimes over the years. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> What, what what do you think of the of the fact, John, that there are so many, without naming names, because we, we 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 all know we all know what 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 I'm what I'm going to be talking about here, but uh, <laughs> the fact that there are so many wrestling companies that use the same talent over and over and over and over and over, and it's like, why should I go watch this show this one weekend when I just wait two weeks, wait for it to be in town? And I'll watch, you know, the same talent that I could have watched two weeks ago in some other town. Where do you well, guys come a, down on that? In one aspect, I understand what you're saying. In another aspect, if you do it right, you can sit there and use the exact same guys. But what you do is you feature different guys, per se, as in the forefront. Um. I always thought that you should have your own champions. It's like if you have one that's over like the three different areas or whatever. Yeah, that's great. But like, like you know, you you shouldn't be using the tag team titles from another place down there unless they're the one for the whole area. You know, like yeah. when they had the KWA thing. Oh that makes yeah, sense. Have the KWA tag team champions. You're great. Yeah, but you shouldn't have like. And this wasn't me, like, trying to shoot anybody down because I like all the guys. Yeah. But, you know, the WWX guys shouldn't be defending their titles on a PCW show. PCW shouldn't be defending their titles on the XWE show. XWE shouldn't be like, you know, but like the Heartland Championship, that's different. That's like a regional title. Yeah. That one's cool, you know. But like I, I they think should be it's done sporadically or whatever, but it should be special. And and that's my thing is I think on indie shows, oftentimes there's just too many belts. Period. It doesn't matter what you call it or who it is. When when um, you know if I'm running a, a show, I probably just want one title match on the show, maybe two if like a tag team match and a singles match. But that's what gets me. And WWE is guilty of this too. When you look at the big, oh yeah. Like the, the, the pay-per-views where they combine both brands and every fucking match is a it's title match. Oh, my belt. God. Then the belt doesn't mean anything. None of them mean anything. <laughs> See, that's when I liked it when they had the brand-exclusive pay-per-views. I actually liked that. Yeah. Because, you know, you had, like, 60 days in between seeing somebody. Like, you know, January was, like, Raw. February was, like, SmackDown. You knew you had the four each year for the big shows, you know. But you had, like... It was only the SmackDown guys on one. Yeah. And it, it made people interested in it. It actually was. And then they were just like, well, you know, with all this stuff, we're just going to put them together instead of... Because they were starting to do pay-per-views for each brand during the month, which was stupid. So I, I always it. thought that, you know, because they, they've got to have like their main title and then a secondary title on every brand. I don't know why they didn't just make... You know, Raw, let's say, for instance, the uh, the Intercontinental title for Raw and the U.S. title for SmackDown, and then make their main title, like the tra- like back in the territory where the, the, the main champion could travel to both or whatever. You know what I mean? Rather than every oh, yeah, brand having a main title and a second title and a, 
this title and that title. So there's just so many belts. They just they don't mean anything anymore. And you know, when you see a champion or see a belt, it should it should invoke those feelings of like your your privilege that you get to see the champion come to town kind of deal. You know that, and and I think that's what's missing in wrestling uh, more than anything else right now. That's that's a big part of it, and that's in the bigs and in the independents. Yeah, that's like you know the um, the one group I give a little bit of credit to for trying to do it, and this is going to be funny coming from me as AEW because I mean. I thought they were like the glory hog, you know, promotion. And I've been very, very pleased with their stuff the last like three months or whatever. I mean, Jericho reinvented it. He didn't, he was at every show, but he didn't wrestle on every show. Yeah. He didn't, wasn't there with the title every show. And that's kind of what I think the appeal and everybody wants to bitch and moan. Oh, Brock Lesnar isn't there all the time. Da, 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 da. Oh, I think that's great. Yeah, but you know, you want to, you want to see somebody kick Brock's ass by the time he does wrestle. Right. Absolutely. You know, or you want to see him kick somebody's ass. Well, and that's one thing that uh, Jim Ross has said on a few occasions, like with Big Show, is that they're like, we overexpose that guy. That guy should have been an attraction like Brock is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And For sure. And... Can can you do that on on, on indie wrestling? Like, like for instance, in in let's say Kansas, if like XWE or KWR or somebody had somebody real special, could could you do that? Could you make someone an attraction like that, or is it just because it's it's primarily local guys? You can't do anything like that. Well, you could to a point. It's like you wouldn't see him. Like you may see like say like. Um, you know, Chris Vale is the PCW champion, basically. Okay, you may see him on the other shows, but he doesn't have that belt with him there. That's what I always hated. Like, you'd see somebody from something, and they have, like, two belts from another place. I'm like, okay, why do you have those? <laughs> well, this on the champion. So I go, yeah, does anybody know about it here? No? Okay, right. good. Leave him in the back. You know, who gives a crap? It's like, when fitness does MWA shows, you know, him and Blade, Brian Blade and some of the other guys, they used to trade the MWA championship, but fitness didn't bring the MWA championship down to the MWE, you know, shows. Oh yeah. Right. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. It's like, we make that special to that thing to a point. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's like nobody cares if you're the champion of like, uh, you know, like yeah. Sussex County Championship of Wrestling in Maryland. <laughs> nobody knows it. Who cares? Right. Well, essentially, that's what it you is. Know? I mean, there's no matter what somebody calls their belt, if it's, if, you know, you've got a local promotion in front of the same, you know, several dozen fans every time, you know, which is great and it's fine, but that, um, yeah, that, but your title is definitely it represents that that company and that that area. You know, it doesn't doesn't have any bearing on um, you know championship wrestling from Whisker Biscuit, Mississippi. It's two, two entirely different <laughs> different areas, two different fan bases. Oh, I love that promotion, man! <laughs> <laughs> I was the uh, I was I was a two time. Uh, ultra heavyweight television uh, champion in the Whisker Biscuit, Mississippi, <laughs> but but it doesn't really mean anything anywhere else. But 
but just in my heart. It, it's still a <laughs> special place in, in my heart. Didn't you and Tommy trade that title a couple of times? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Tommy Tommy has definitely been a, a Whisker Biscuit Mississippi ultra heavyweight television <laughs> champion. That's that's on his resume. I think he's got the original belt, I think, down in his, his museum. <laughs> You got everything else down there, that's for sure. <laughs> so, so w- w- what do you guys make of? Because uh, I-, I go back and forth with this AEW. I think it's a really good product sometimes, and then there's other times where I'm like, this is video game wrestling. Uh, <laughs> point, yes, but what I like is that they're not overexposing everybody on there. You know what I mean? It's like you don't yeah. see the. Young Bucks every episode. The only person you've actually seen pretty much every episode is Cody Rhodes. That's it. Yeah. That's I it. haven't I haven't seen a whole lot of it. I normally um I don't watch a lot of modern wrestling, but I do catch it here and there and I work in the bars some nights when it's on. So I, I will catch some of a match with no commentary because the music's playing. And same way at Raw, I shoot pool on Monday nights. So I don't if I'm at a bar where my pool league is playing, it might be on TV. Uh, but I, the the benefit to that, I guess, is I get to watch. Um, if I watch ten minutes of a, of, of well, I don't think any of their matches go ten minutes on Raw. But if I watch um, any part of it, I really get to see just some some wrestling for wrestling's sake. I guess um, I don't get to follow a lot of what's going on. Uh, every now and again, I'll catch something or a pay per view or something. At, at Tommy's house at a barbecue, but the but I will say this: when I was I was in Vegas when they had their first show, AEW did. Oh yeah, and we had the uh, Starcast at Caesar's Palace, and that's where we were at with the WrestleCraft table. And then they had the 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 actual show was at MGM, but the energy in that place, everybody was so excited that there was an alternative to WWE, and fans flew in from all over the world. I met people from England and Germany and Sweden and Canada and all over the United States that were so excited to be there. Um, when they did get to see one of the AEW guys, um, it was magical to them. You know, uh, Kenny Omega was walking around a little bit. Of course, they had a lot of legends there as well. J.J. Um, Dillon and Arn Anderson all had different forums. Um, you know, tons of wrestlers that were there to support the event with StarCast in addition to AEW. But when we did the, the watch party for this gimmick, um, some of the people that didn't get tickets to the actual show stayed at Caesars Palace and, and watched the AEW show from there. And people were just hanging on to everything they did. It was just the atmosphere was so electric that um, it reminded me what pro wrestling is supposed to feel like. And that's that it's special and that you're seeing something incredible happen instead of just going through the motions. Um, some of the things maybe I'm not, you know, I'm a little more old school in my approach, I guess. But I really can't hate the the entertainment value that AEW's brought to the table. And I think that they have built a fan base that's not going to go anywhere for a long time. And, and we're looking at an upswing in the industry where... Um, We've got enough alternatives now with the NWA Pro and the AEW, and 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 hopefully this Viral Pro takes off tomorrow night, and other other things. I, I think we've seen a swing in the pro wrestling industry 
that we've been all waiting on for over 20 years. So that's AEW's right on right on the money for that, and I think they're they're popping out at the right time. Oh yeah, like but um, like I say, is they don't overexpose everybody there. It's like. You didn't see Kenny Omega for a few weeks. You didn't see Adam Page for a week well, or two. It makes yeah, people want to see him. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the... Um, that may be the thing. And, and, and to be fair, WWE's doing that with Brock, like we mentioned earlier. So I, I don't think the concept is completely lost to the big companies out there. Um, I think the way, you know, in, in a lot of the smart marks are, are bitching about Brock, but I think they're handling him perfect. He's dominant. You oh, know, I think so, a, too. A champion, and, and you don't see him all the time. And when you do see him, then, uh, you know, it's it's a big deal, and he's defending the title. So there are a million ways to approach wrestling, and, and so many of them are wrong, unfortunately. <laughs> but I think with Brock and I think what AEW's doing are are – are good definitely you know limited people's exposure um and making making attractions that's that's what the business should should be doing it should be striving for yeah it makes people want to come to your big shows it's like and i think the best thing with aew right now is that they're as a whole not overexposed they've got one show for two hours a week that's it yeah 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 it's like the reason everybody likes nwa power is because it's one hour a week. That's it. Yeah. It, right. It's like the only, the only the thing about those guys, all of them are, is you know exactly where you're going to see them. It's like Ring of Honor's biggest problem is you have no specific time you can oh. see that show every week. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, you know, at Monday at seven o'clock, you're going to be able to see Monday Night Raw. You know, it's 7 o'clock on Wednesday. You're going to have your choice between NXT or AEW. On Fridays at 7, you know you're going to be able to see the SmackDown. On Tuesdays at 6.05 on YouTube, you can see NWA Pro. Hell, you you know exactly when you're going to see um, Impact Wrestling now. They've got a steady thing. But you never know what hell day Ring of Honor is going to be on or what channel it is or... Right stuff, and I think that, they've got yeah, some of the biggest money backing out of any of them. You know, when I was a kid, and and you know, I always knew I could catch uh, wrestling at um, you know five o'clock Saturday and Sunday on TBS. Yep. yep. And and also, uh, and then WWF had their. Uh, on USA Network, their gimmick at like eleven o'clock, I think it was the Superstars program. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. Like I would, I would. My mom was trying to get me to go to church. I, would, I didn't want to go to church. I want to watch goddamn wrestling. That was my church. <laughs> and, and it was, it was All American girl. wrestling on USA with Mean Gene. That's right, man. I would, <laughs> there, hell, there were there were times if I was grounded or something, man, she'd drag me to church. And and but the kids didn't always sit with their parents there, so they don't. All the kids would sit in the back, and as soon as they got started, man, I'd be out the door, man. I'd, I'd run home and watch wrestling, and then run back to the church at noon so I could drink some coffee and pretend like I was there the whole time. But I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to miss wrestling. That's awesome. <laughs> but but yeah, having that time slot, you know, knowing when it's going to be on is such a big part of it too. Um, that. 
the like I said Ring of Honor doesn't have that, unfortunately, for them. But there are um, we're, we're lacking consistency, and I think that's a big problem on the independents. For the most part, there are some companies out there that that have a regular uh, regular schedule, and you know you can catch. I know Amarillo's like that. Um, you know, every Saturday, pretty much, you can go down and watch wrestling top of Texas. And I, and I think yep. that's great for the fans down there. And they can watch it every week uh, throughout the year, My, you know, minus the occasional, um, they might take a holiday off or something. Yeah. But having that consistency right. and then bringing in attractions, like you said earlier, you know, are all parts of this, this bigger formula that make this thing work for us. It's it is definitely quite the deal. Well, uh, well, John, I, I appreciate you joining me in uh, fitness this evening, and just talking some wrestling. Oh yeah, of course, anytime, brother. We, we, we wanted to, we we were uh, going to try an experiment this week, and I think it worked. Uh, <laughs> we had Niles on for the first uh, first half, then we had you on for the second half, and I think, and I've already got two people lined up. Uh, <laughs> Potentially for next week. Um, potentially Kenny Starmaker Bolin will be with us next week. <laughs> God knows what that'll be like with him in fitness. <laughs> uh, you, won't, you won't need anybody else. But Kenny will talk the whole time. <laughs> Did you see his uh, debate with the Trump supporter on Sunday? <laughs> oh, no. I didn't want to see the train wreck. <laughs> Oh as soon as I seen that was going to happen, I was like, no, no. I'm already <laughs> depressed enough with what's going on in the world. I don't need to get more depressed. Yeah, Jiggy told me when we were wrapping up our, our gimmick Sunday, our conversation, he said up next he was going to have a Trump supporter versus a non-Trump supporter. I said, holy shit, you got Facebook in your studio. The whole Facebook. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> Jiggy won social media that day, I think. That's right. <laughs> was, this, was this when Jiggy was sitting there going, when I see drama, I run away from it. That's right. Of like, you know, That's instigated right. on the airway. That's airwaves. right. I, if drama's right here and I'm right here running that way, I'm, I'm out you know there. Jiggy. Jiggy don't like drama. <laughs> no, no, no drama. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, fitness, I guess before we let you go for this week, um, how can people buy your stuff, buy your merch? and? Oh, man, hit me up. Follow me on social media. I'm, uh, of course, Mr. Fitness 2, facebook.com forward slash M-R-F-I-T-N-E-S-S-T-W-O. And uh, hit me up, man. I, I do uh, take PayPal, Cash App, all that stuff. Sending T-shirts around the world. It's the hottest T-shirt selling right now in independent pro wrestling. And uh, we've got some more more merchandise coming out later this summer um, with, uh, of course, me and uh, Midnight Rose and the Rose Garden. So you guys uh, definitely follow Mr. Fitness, too, on social media, and we'll get you guys hooked up. Join the, the growing family of degenerates that like to drink beer and watch wrestling, and, and, and some of us like to do a little wrestling, too. <laughs> growing degenerates. <laughs> By the way, John, before I b- b- before we let you go, I found uh, I wanted to find a photo of you on uh, Facebook, and I found this old photo, this old school Bad Boys of Wrestling uh, photo of you holding these belts, wearing this uh, what looks like a, a Hulk Hogan Hollywood Hulk Hogan style boa. What? <laughs> 
Where did this Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where did this That's what I was like being the manager for the first two shows for, do you remember um, Lucas Hirschberger? He ran KWA for a while. Oh, yeah. The Kansas Wrestling Association. Yes. He was down there in Wellington and stuff. Yes. That was a, one of his shows. <laughs> Dan wanted me to do some something completely different. So I went to, like, one of the hobby stores and bought some gold glittery stuff and found some boas, did some different things, and, I mean, <laughs> I was, it was hilarious at first. Then it was, like, two shows later I dropped it, but it was fun. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, that came up one. on um, one of my memory things on Facebook. Fitness, yeah, you, you, you got you got to reinvent yourself every once in a while. Well, sometimes, oh, yeah. well, you know, I've I've done a thing <laughs> before um, when I wouldn't always, do, you know, I've done obviously other gimmicks, but there was times of if I was working for somebody and it was in a town we've never been to, I imagine we'll never go back there again. <laughs> um, I've 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 come out with like one night gimmicks and stuff just to have fun. Hell, one night in Missouri, I was uh, I wrestled barefoot. And I had, of course, it was a local guy doing the uh, ring announcing, and it was for this town. You know, everybody in town was there. It was a great big crowd out in the streets. But I had him uh, announce me as Hall of Famer, Texas Toast, Eric Von Eric. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I went out there barefoot, and I hit every Von Eric spot I could think of, including the claw and the discus punch and, I mean, everything. And the drop, the barefoot drop kicks. And I'll never do it again. You know, but, it was, but shit, it was a lot of fun to do one night. Yeah, I, wanted, I wanted Dan to let me go out and do a different character to place once. I was going to be this, I was going to be this, like, Irish, you know, heel, and I was going to call myself Pat McGroin. <laughs> That is awesome. I love that. <laughs> and Dan just looked at me, shook his head, and he was like, "No." <laughs> and, I, and I can admit, yeah. and I can envision Dan, Dan just exactly doing that. It's like every time, like Lenny tried to figure up a spot for a match, we'd all look at him, shake our head, and go, "No, Lenny." <laughs> you, you've done that, Mister Fitness, a couple of times to him. Oh no, not me. <laughs> Everybody has. Come on now, you're just nicer than we were. Well, I've never, you know, I've I've never got to wrestle any in singles. I I, I know we've we've tied up in um, I think a tag match before and and some battle roles, but yeah, I've I've always wanted to do something with Lenny, but just never. It's never happened. So promoters out there, book book fitness two and, and lunatic Lenny. I'd oh like my god, that wouldn't wouldn't that be fantastic? Yeah, it would be. be you didn't do that on any of those MWE shows. No, never did. No, Lenny. Lenny no, was either. Lenny was either. Uh, see, he had he had a couple matches with with Mangler, and then he had that match where he beat the hell out of Zombie, which personally, good. <laughs> I I always beat the hell out of Kenny Murphy on this show. I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah, I would. I would love to. Do, oh, I would love to work. Uh, I, I'd love to work, tie up with Lenny in uh, singles. Singles, God, for sure. that that's, would be fun. That's yeah. That's that's one of my uh, definitely one of the matches I'd love to see happen in the next year for sure. <laughs> He's really, really good in the ring. He just gets going too fast. Is his only problem. I, he still thinks man, he's lightning Lenny from the 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> 
he's a yeah he's he's a solid pro i remember i remember the the show that the wwx show where he worked him and dan and um flex and sabu and and lenny uh just was you know total pro in that match with sabu and i just i just remember watching watching that match just like man god damn why have i not why have i not tied up with lenny yet like how, how come nobody's making that happen but Maybe I got to work. Maybe I got to step my game up before anybody will book it. I don't know. Before anybody will book fitness and uh, lunatic Lenny. You know, I, I I think you could have fun with that, with the shake weight and the whole thing. Let let Lenny could get his hands on it and shake it and just kind of look at it weird. And <laughs> well, a, a lot of it, is, I think him and I are both normally booked as heels too. So maybe maybe it'd have to be in a tournament or something. Who knows? Yeah, that would be fun. It, 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 that that would be very entertaining. Fitness two versus lunatic lady. Sometimes someone oh, someone will make money. that happen. Someone will make that happen. Just j- j- just like I, I someday want to book Blade versus Mangler. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Remember, I don't like I don't any know. drama. You don't like whatever drama, you cover. <laughs> Well, John, I, I appreciate it. And fitness, I appreciate it. And uh, maybe next week when we get bowling on, maybe maybe we'll 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 have John do a run in at some point. Hey, that could be money. <laughs> I could do a run to get in a word edgewise. <laughs> well, there is that. <laughs> and I mean, since Kenny had the surgery and stuff, he's lost the weight. I'm sure his you know his cardio capacity is better. So if he oh, yeah. not that much, then I mean. <laughs> and I love the dude. Oh my oh, god, he's him. the most entertaining person. <laughs> I love Star Maker. He's great. If you get a chance, watch anything with him on in the old OVW. He made the show lots of times. Maybe he was. Sure we'll have a fitness bone up on uh, his Star Maker bowling material before we uh, get him on next week. Yeah, I'll have to do my own oh, for sure. <laughs> Well, thank you, John. Thank you, Fitness. And uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Jiggy. Take care. Hey, new hey, podcast still sucks. <laughs> he always has to get one in. Thanks, guys. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, uh, that is that. And I will be back here in a few with another one. I'm not sure what we're going to do, but we'll do something uh, here in a few. So... Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.